Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as well. I'm joined, as always, by G. Hey, Wiley, Armani Buckets, and today, Tim Lee. How are we doing? You know, I am awesome, guys, because basketball season is officially here for college basketball season, and Duke had their inaugural uh, game last night. We're the only show in America outside <laughs> of Durham, North Carolina, talking about Duke's... GTHC, everybody. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I owe you a lunch from Bears Cowboys, and... That's right. Yeah. I'm going to owe you a round of drinks, I think, because... I mean, wow. the Lakers are going he's to the all championship in. now, right? Tim, he's in. One game, two games. Your, your thoughts. I'm going to be here to uh, give the steady voice. I'm glad to be here uh, in general. Just, just trying to wake up. Just trying to keep up. That's all. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think we were both focused on two games last night. Uh, Clippers and the Rockets. We'll touch on that. Maybe, maybe not. This is the Rosh Markazi show after all. The Lakers-Pelicans, um, listen, it wasn't pretty. Uh, it, it looked good, really, in, in the first half. Sometimes, and again, we're, we're, we're very, like, seven games into the season, right? But you do have moments where you're like, oh, that was like a big kind of turning point potential moment. Matt Ryan hitting a shot like that, three-pointer, one second left, that the buzzer, Crypto.com going crazy, Lakers winning in overtime. Listen, this team needed a jolt two games in a row. I never thought I would say this, but Russell Westbrook looks really good coming off the bench. He has adapted to that role, and maybe he feels like, shoot, this is the only way I'm going to get some time to play. Let's have some fun. Let's see where this goes. Two games in, kind of three, but let's just say two. Two games in, it's going really well. Why am I wrong here? I mean, it looks like this could be potentially the start. And when I, I'm not saying that they're a championship contender. I'm saying... This has the makings of a playoff slash play-in team. I mean, who am I to impede on someone's happiness? <laughs> <laughs> there has to be one good Matt Ryan in the sporting world that's always been the consistency yeah. for the last 20 years. I mean, I'm glad that he made threes. It's funny. I think the statistic is that every one of his threes were like buzzer beaters. Yeah. All three of them, right? It's amazing. So maybe he just needs to be put into those situations. <laughs> yeah, two seconds left. He's right. cold. You know, <laughs> yeah. He hasn't played all day. Yeah, but. I think he like shot nine threes and three of them were buzzer beaters. I mean, yeah. we just put him in for the last one second. We don't need LeBron. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the LeBron on the team. So Armani Buckets, we, we were texting last night, and uh, I, I'm really, I was shocked to see your text. that, that, that you, you kind of saw something. What did you see last night? Well, you asked why you were wrong about what you said. You're not wrong. Okay, You're here right. we go. This team is a good team. And wow. even when they were losing, wow. 
they even when they were losing, they had a great defense. And now the defense with more shot making, with Westbrook off the bench, with other variables. And I'm going to ask again, who in the Western Conference, I get it, we're not even 10 games in, who in the Western Conference has stood out as the serious threat? Nobody. Nobody. Golden State, no. Clippers, no. Denver, the Lakers beat them. Pelicans, they didn't have Ingram, but the Lakers beat them. I mean, who else in the West has stood yeah. out as, like, the top dog? Phoenix? Do you trust Phoenix? There is an opening right now. Which and is crazy. The more the Lakers win these kind of games, which I think they will, especially at home, their home crowd is legitimate. We're seeing around the league right now, we see it in Utah, we're seeing it in L.A., we see it in Madison Square Garden. Those home crowds affect teams. And the more that you win and you galvanize that home fan, uh, the home fans, it's going to only make you a tougher team to beat. Westbrook is now loved in L.A. I mean, this kind of sounds like you last year. It does. Uh, it, it, like when you you were all in the very beginning of the season, you were like, this team, I don't know, like it's going to be great. I just I think that you're just maybe putting the cart before the horse just because, again, like you said, we're only we're not even 10 games in. They have so. an elite defense, though. That's the difference. And and also, this is the thing with the Lakers, which makes them so fascinating to everybody in the national media. The variance in outcomes is ridiculous. Last week, I said that they would be the 14th seed and I genuinely believed it. And now this week, it's like, well. Nobody's really stood out in the West. They have a recipe. They probably have moves to make. And now they have maybe the sixth man of the year on their team as well. So it's just, it's crazy. That's what makes the Lakers so fascinating. That was a joke that I had uh, following his first game. And I'm like, oh, he looks really good. Again, two games in. But Tim, did, did you not see something, again, small sample size, but the, the defense, like even when they were 0-5, and five, defensively, they were a very good team. Top two, top five defense in the league. Do, do you do you see something, like like if this continues? No, can, I, I, okay, so like you said 14th seed, I still agree with that. Uh, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team still. This is still a team that struggles to create for themselves. I mean, Obviously, you want Brody off the bench. He's been an incredible spark plug, but he's never been that kind of player in his career. He's a he's a mini LeBron. He's always been a guy who drives through the center, creates shots for other people. They need the same amount of elements to succeed, right? LeBron needs shooters in order for him to like successfully drive his offense. He's a half-court menace. He's a fast-break monster. Westbrook's the same thing. You can't put them on the same court. They're the same player. So, like, how do you divvy up that kind of usage? It's correct to put him at 25 minutes. But how long will this kind of, like, temporary bliss for this guy last, right? Like, that's my biggest question. I get all the optimism. He should be sixth man of the year. You know what I mean? Like, all the jokes aside, I mean, the West, that is the greatest point, right? The West has not deviated itself from being, like, there's no dominant team. Utah has five wins. Spurs have five wins. These are teams that are trying to go for the victor, like, Wimbayama sweepstakes, right? So, like, these aren't teams that we should be looking forward to. Obviously, towards Christmas, we'll have a better idea towards what's going to happen to the West. But as far as I'm concerned, yes, you can obviously latch onto the optimistic things about the Lakers. I think overall, they look pretty good. I'm not going to give you the caveats of what the Pelicans were about last night, right? Like, they had a <laughs> lot of missing pieces. Zion's working himself back into shape. Lots of questions about his defense. I don't think they had their best isolated score in BI. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm leaving a little bit of the judgment uh, away from it yet. But, yeah, Brody looked great off the bench. I just have a quick question for all of you. Um, do you think that maybe it's time for the Young Guns to take over this Lakers organization? 
Which young guns? Yeah, which all, young guns? it doesn't matter. I'm talking all of them. Like where the like all the no. vets need to st- not no. all of the vets, but a lot of the vets need to step down. No. no. This is LeBron, Westbrook, and Davis's show. And by the way, when I include Westbrook in there, that means temporarily his name is not involved in trades. Like this is a guy that it's it's going to be a subtraction to this team with the way that they're again the last three games, but. He's three for three in terms of good bench games, good games off the bench. So until he shows in a, in a sample size that's larger than three games that he's not suited for that role, he's a part of this nucleus, at least for the time being. But, and, but, the, but he didn't make that last shot. Which last it was shot? The, no, I'm just saying, in, in order to go ride. into over, yeah, in order to go into overtime. But yeah. he got he them there in the first half. Huh? He was carrying the team. He was he's literally literally been like their best player the last three games. And this is not like some sort of like fluke. This is who Russell Westbrook is. When you pair him with one of LeBron or Davis instead of both of them, like you mentioned, Tim. When he can handle the ball, when he can play point guard, be more comfortable, he is a different basketball player. And now you're not seeing any of those mid-range jumpers. You're seeing the occasional three, but for the most part, he's making good decisions. Even the turnovers that he has, he's seeing the play ahead of his teammates, and the teammates are like dropping passes. So I think that this is really a different version, but I do want to see 10 games before. I do want to see that. Yeah, before it, I... It's definitely encouraging to see him be that that level of OKC that we were always accustomed to, right? The guy who just attacks, drives into the basket. So what's the key there where, where he could be himself with the second unit so he doesn't have to worry about, you know, playing alongside LeBron and AD? Is he... Is he comfortable there? I mean, at least he looks that way. Looks like he's playing more point guard, more yeah. his natural position, what got him success in the NBA. He's attacking. He's not settling for bad shots or what would be bad shots for him last year. He's finding his teammates. And I think the biggest thing is he's playing free. He's playing more, less clouded judgment, decision-making. He's just playing basketball. And it was hard for him at certain points last year, he has so much going on extracurricularly with, you know, talking about the, you know, unfortunate death threats to his family members and whatnot. And now it's like, okay, the fans are cheering for me and it's a different story. I want to ask you a question though, because I think this is a big point of where the Lakers could get even better. What is, in your opinion, Arash, what is like the moment what can this Laker team do on the basketball court? Like, let's say a Davis block or like a Westbrook dunk that changes the momentum of the team. Like last year, I think it was like Carmelo hits a big three. Yeah. And then they, you know, the, he does the thing to his head and the crowd goes nuts. What is that for this team this year? Listen, I think it's a variety of things, but but they've struggled so much from three that when you hit a big three-pointer i mean it, the crowd goes nuts and again they, they they want something to to cheer for they want something to cheer about last year was a nightmare this first five games was horrendous like i think they're so appreciative when the team plays hard when they play well d- defensively there was that that, that uh, highlight last night last night russell westbrook 2AD, lob dunk. Those moments, you're like, they want to root for Russell Westbrook. They don't want to jeer him. They, that, that, that doesn't help them. So I think it's a variety of things. Uh, the reason why I brought that up is because, in my opinion, once LeBron starts to hit those patented sidestep to his left threes, the dribble pull-up threes yeah. in transition, 
LeBron is shooting the ball terribly. He's shooting 26% from three, and I swear, I don't have the stats for this, but I swear he's missed every single one of those patented shots. Those are going to start to fall. It, history shows us that LeBron is going to start to, he's not going to shoot 26% from three all season. He's going to get it up to 30 plus. And when he does, those shots are going to be backbreaking for the other team because you're having to deal with that Lakers defense. And then LeBron starts to hit shots. I think that they have another level that they're going to get to. Every team does yeah. at this stage, but I just have a really quick question on as far as Westbrook's um, performance. Do you guys think that his current performance will translate into the playoffs, though? Because right now we're seeing a great off the bench. The immortal words of Jim Mora: "Playoffs. <laughs> we're just trying to win a game." I mean, I, 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 I really that. truly mean that. Like, I, I mean, I, again, my view is this is great. One of the great things about this. He's more tradable, I think. I mean, at least, <laughs> at least you can say, "Hey, listen, like this guy's not the worst player in the league. This guy can be effective. This guy can be your sixth man. This guy can be something for you. He's not the worst player." And now they're not in this position where he's sulking, and it's like, "Oh my god!" Like they, ha like, like they have to, they have to send him home, or they have to trade him. So we're not, we, we, we will demand those two first round picks. I think now it's like, you know what? Let's see how this plays out. Again, to Tim's point. Who knows if this is a playoff team? They are a two and five team currently, uh, but let's play this out. They they have their next game Friday night, home game against Utah on Sunday, home against Cleveland. They go to the the uh, Jazz. By the way, at some point the, the the Jazz have to do what they're they're supposed to do. This is Tank Palooza. I mean, what the heck is going on with the Jazz? Uh, I don't know about that. Okay, <laughs> and then uh, they got the Clippers, which is a Clippers home game, and then they play the Kings and the. Brooklyn. Now, listen, they have like when you look at their schedule coming up, Brooklyn, Detroit, Spurs. Um, you know the big thing for them, right? When you're a below 500 team, you want to get back to 500. I think that they can get there. I think that they could be maybe a six and six team again. They're they're, they're not setting the world on fire, but when you start a season zero and five, this is this gives you. Hope. Hope. And that's all the Laker fans right now want is hope. Yeah. But can this continue, Tim? I mean, if we, they're not going to tank yet, right? Utah's yeah. still going to be this weird, <laughs> like, energy plug off of every single player because they have these chips on their shoulders, right, for, to, for lack of a better term. So those aren't winnable games per se, right? Mm -hmm. these, aren't, these aren't, like, throwaways. The only one that you may have considered as a throwaway is the Pistons because they're a mess. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know if they're going to be that 6-6 six and six team you're hoping for. The only thing that we're looking for is, like, will the development for Russell's role on the bench continue? And who do you stack with him in his unit to make sure that he flourishes, right? Yeah. I think that you made a great point. The catalyst for me for when the, the team kind of, like, galvanized was when Russ did that alley-oop to AD. Yeah. And I think that's the best pairing for him. I don't think he should be playing most of his minutes and not any of his minutes with LeBron until, no. unless he's like closing unit. But we already saw that he wasn't even in he shouldn't the be. closing unit, yeah. right? Because LeBron only excels. He's always been that kind of player. We have a huge sample size, right? We have like 15 years plus what LeBron does well. He needs shooters. He needs a rim runner or he needs like a, a versatile like field stretcher with a, that just so happens to be a big. So like you need to surround him with the pieces that he's always been accustomed to for success. Same with Russell, right? Like, you can't have him with these guys that just stay still. Like, he doesn't play great in pick and roll. He needs a rim runner, too. So, like, playing with AD, 
playing with Lonnie Walker or playing with Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan personally better with uh, with LeBron, and I think Lonnie Walker better with uh, Russ. And how about Darvin Ham having the having the courage to take Russ out in crucial moments, even though he played a great first half. And then when Matt Ryan hits the shot, one of the first guys off the bench to celebrate and cheer for his teammates, Thomas Bryant and Russell Westbrook. So clearly this man is doing what it takes as a teammate to show the world that he doesn't care right now about minutes, stats, whatever. He is bought in, and that goes to Darvin Ham. I, I give him all the credit I in the agree world. With and that. Russell yeah. Westbrook, obviously. And I hope that, that you know that continues for him, right? Because we've seen we've seen peaks and valleys with Russ. So I hope it continues. I hope that, you know, he still has that same mentality and he still goes throughout the whole entire season that way in um that mindset. But you know with when you get to a point where where you just want to play, and again, he knows this is his last big contract year. I mean, I mean, I mean, if he stays in the league beyond this year, which I think he will, but he he's in that weird state, Tim, where Carmelo was in that position, where like you can really go from like Carmelo Anthony to like not in the league. Like if you can't adapt to this role, and I don't know how it got to him because listen, they've had th- these conversations with him. Th- 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 this didn't just happen. He was like, Russ, you got to adapt to the six-man role. And remember when Carmelo was with the Thunder and he was asked that. It was like crazy to him. Like, six-man? Like, are you crazy? Do you you know who I am? At some point, you got to say, yes, this is who you were for the first 15 years of your career. First ballot Hall of Famer. Top 50 player all time. Yes, yes, yes. Right now, you are six-man. And by the way, you can't be six-man of the year. Oh, by the way, you can also be a productive player. Thankfully, he got there. There, there really could have been a point where, like, he's like, "Well, I'm not going to do that." Like, I'm Russell freaking Westbrook. I'm glad he got there. And listen, at this point, if this is a 500 team or a above 500 team, and he gets traded, it's not like, "Oh my God!" Thankfully, like, he's off the team. He's playing well again. Two games, but he's having fun, and that's all you can hope for. Um, now they have to have that uncomfortable conversation with Patrick Beverly because he looks <laughs> terrible. I know. And that's the one thing yeah. that's being lost in all this is that they're doing it without really, you know, Pat Bev's help. Um, finally, other guys are stepping up, though. We mentioned Matt Ryan. But it, it's kind of strange that the, the stuff that Russell Westbrook um, got scrutinized for, the Lakers will always find a way to find like a scapegoat. And right now, if you were to point the finger at who is not holding up their end of the bargain, it's Pat Bev, surprisingly to me. I don't know if you guys think that he hasn't been performing well, but... No, I, I mean, I, I think that you have, to, you have to take into consideration chemistry sure. as well and the willingness, right? Um, you know, the willingness to, step, to make that step down and be like, I'm not the, as my mom would say, you are not the star, you are the star, you know, kind of mentality. So, like, I don't think that he came in, right, automatically thinking, I'm the star, mother bleepers. Like, <laughs> I, like that's, who, that's who I am um, kind of mentality for him. So, and Russ, you, you're taking him down a peg because, buddy, you're not the star anymore. So, and they're both not, one's taking on the role and one's not right now. So I think that that's yeah. just going to be a huge transition for him to have to accept. Yeah. Just talking uh, about scapegoats, just yeah. for a quick sure. second, I'm not even sure that we can even point the finger at one player. I mean, like, my issue with them has always been their second unit in terms of defensively or even offensively, however you want to phrase it. Wenyan Gabriel, not the answer, right? Like, once AD is off the court, there's no interior defense. You could drive on them for free. So, like, figure that part out, or you just outscore your opposition in the second unit. That's what Russ has to figure out. He has, in my opinion, the most polarizing job 
that has been the case. I mean, he's been the biggest spark plug for like blame and I guess right now praise. But uh, I hope he continues. I mean, I'm, I'm holding for the guy. Yeah, he's also not. Let's look at Pat Bev versus Russell Westbrook, right? Like Russ, Westbrook automatically came into the Lakers being a star. Pat is Bev there. is a is like a less. I don't want to say he's lesser, but he, no, is, but he is. He is. He is. He's not. You know, he doesn't have that kind of star power and that weight that carries on to like helping you win a title or yeah. you know making your organization. Yeah, I mean, one guy's making forty-seven million dollars. One of the top players in league history. Still, like when you look at what he did through the first. 15 years of his career. Real quick, before we go to break, Tim, you are not down on the Clippers. They are 4-4. Four and four. They have one two straight. They, they, they beat Houston. Real quick, before we go to break, before we t- talk about it sure. in segment two, why are you not, not down on this team that has not looked that good this season? I mean, there's so many moving parts. Every single player hasn't figured out their role concretely, so like, I just need them to figure that part out. Yeah. I will not panic on the Clippers until Christmas, and once we have like <laughs> formated like formations and rotations, or whatever units they want to send out, then we can start talking about what the Clippers look like. Yeah. I mean, listen, they're they're finding ways to win so I can knock them for being down by five points late against Houston. They beat Houston. It was a very close game against the Rockets again last night. They won that game. You just got to find a way to win these games. They have not looked good. But to Tim's point, I mean, again, the biggest question is, where is Kawhi? How will Kawhi look again? Kawhi did not make the trip with them to uh, Texas. We'll, we'll see if he plays on Sunday. Um, but yeah, listen, you can't really judge the Clippers until Kawhi comes back. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Nick Hamilton. When we return on the Mighty or 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now, in a city where time disappears. We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 716 Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now and join our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? Man, I'm good, man. Popping these bottles like like Matty Ice hit that hit that three pointer last night. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nick. Well, before we talk about the new hero of the Lakers, we we, we have to talk about someone who's actually played very well, and we've knocked him, you know, like like the last year plus. Russell Westbrook. I I never thought he would embrace this six man uh, role. He really has. I know it's a small sample size, just two games. He's looked very good off the bench. Your th- thoughts on can this continue? 
Well, you know, you got to give credit where it's due. And Russell Westbrook Jr. the third has definitely made an impact coming off the bench. You know, you you you. you the thing about Russell is that I think the reason why people in in, in yours truly has often criticized Russell Westbrook Jr. the third is because the thing about it is. You expect so much from him. You see the the, the talent level. We watch him e- evolve as, as as a talented basketball player from the days of losing or all the way up to UCLA, and then obviously being drafted into the NBA. And you've seen the potential. You've seen what he's been able to accomplish. Um, and then when you don't see those things uh, any longer, it, it's it's very disappointing because you know what he's capable of doing. You you've seen the the, the results of what he's been able to do. Um, and I think Laker fans were just extremely disappointed. Um, and the fact that he was not living up to his potential and then living up to the standard that he had set for himself um, that we were all accustomed to. And now you're starting to kind of see um, the remnants of that, him coming off the bench, which could be, provide the spark that this team may need, especially in crunch time situations. And the smart thing that Darvin Ham did was pretty much set him down in the fourth quarter um, and not allow him to even sniff the draws of the basketball court. Uh, because the thing about it is you don't want him to jeopardize an opportunity that you may have um, in times as you've done in times prior. So I think Russell Westbrook has definitely uh, been a significant factor um, as far as coming off the bench. Obviously, obviously he shot 60% from the field uh, Wednesday night, you know, uh, dropped 13 points, I believe, uh, which were significant. Um, And I think that can continue. However, I still believe if you get able to get a viable trade for him, I think that's what you need to do still, just because you, if you're building towards the future, you're going to have to sacrifice the now for the future. If you're looking to try to win another championship or two down the line, Nick, um, it's always great to hear your vo- wonderful voice on Thursdays. Oh, um, uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's the only nice comment you'll get from me. Just kidding. Um, Pat Bev has not been panning out just the last few games or whatever, but um, what does he need to do in order to maybe make that impact as well? Talk less and play more. <laughs> I mean, this guy has a career in politics as much as he runs his mouth sometimes. I mean, I, I think, you know, Pat Beverly is an acquired taste. Um, I think Pat Beverly uh, is a guy that, you know, maybe his best days are behind him. Um, I think you'll see some strides here and there. But as far as the Pat Beverly that we've been accustomed to seeing, as far as, you know, the 38, 39% from the three-point line, you know, a, a, a antagonizing defender, quote-unquote, um, I think those best days may be behind him. Um, I think he can be serviceable in, in different spots, um, you know, but I think he's more of a motivational speaker and more of a politician than he is a basketball player. Nick, yeah. in terms of the Western Conference right now, I know it's early, but it seems like no team has really, like, taken charge and been the best team in the West, which makes it more interesting in my opinion, but who do you think right now is the best team in the West? Oh, Armand, I've heard, I've heard some very disappointing things about you, my friend. <laughs> I told you get off that narcotic, man. You can't do that this which, early, man. Which bold oh. predictions? Oh, man. We'll talk about it off air, man. Brandon's been, Brandon's been keeping me up on game on what you've been talking about, man. I'm, I, I was, I'm rooting for you, man. 
I what? got your back, man, but come on. What? Which nah, ones? Because I've said you. some crazy things lately. <laughs> I know you. See, that, it's, too, it's one too many. That's the problem, man. <laughs> okay. I'm, but no, I mean, to ask, you, to ask you the question, I think, it, like you said, it is early. You know, and I think teams are fi- trying to find their rhythm. They're trying to, to adjust to certain things. Obviously, we, we've seen a lot of teams, whether it be the Golden State Warriors, where the fan base is freaking out because they've lost games that, that many feel like they shouldn't have lost. Um, you look at the Lakers now that are actually trying to get back into the the, the even uh, even in the win column, I should say. You look at the Los Angeles Clippers, the Brooklyn Nets, who recently fired Steve Nash. Um, so there's a lot of teams out there that are, are trying to find their rhythm, find their way. And as I said before, I mean, there's one team in particular we talked about last year, looking at the Boston Celtics, who made it to the NBA Finals. But remember, they didn't catch their rhythm and find their way till about December or January, uh, uh, you know, of, of the season. So it, it may be a December, January type of, of, of stretch where you start to see teams jockeying for position. You start to see teams really being that cohesive unit. You start to see teams really showcase who they really are. They're, they're you know, if they're frauds or if they're for real. Um, you're going to see that as well. So I think it's still early. I, 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 I agree with you. I think it creates a great narrative as far as, who's going to be jockeying for position. There's no clear-cut favorite, which I think is really a, a great parody for the NBA. I think that the NBA as a league can really sell who's really going to be at the, the fight to the finish. Um, it's not the teams you think they're going to be you know, finishing at, at the top of the heat. Um, and I think that's that's great just for the overall mystique of the league and, and, and keeping fan bases engaged uh, into the league. Hey, Nick, you raised an interesting point. This is uh, Tim here. Uh, you mentioned, you know, like we're like riding a short wave of euphoria with with Russ right now, just doing well on the bench. If you were to trade him, I mean, like what are long-term solutions? What are we looking at here? I don't want to like gut check specifically because I feel like the Lakers have a million weaknesses, but like he's not going to address all of them, right? Like if he does get traded. Right. Specifically, like, I mean, who are we looking for? And not even just who, but like well, what? Well, the Lakers, from what I was been told they had a trade pretty much done but unfortunately they got a little greedy okay. um, and so it pretty much the talks dissolved but I think you can look at a Buddy Hill and a Miles Turner but you're going to have to come off one of those picks um, in the future if you're trying to put it all, cash all in now um, I don't know why the Lakers are holding on to those future picks because none of us know what those future picks are going to turn into we have no idea what they're going to be um, we have no idea if they're going to even be significant in 2027 and 2029. I believe those are the dates for those picks. If you're trying to win now, and a Laker fan base is not a fan base that's going to wait around another 10 years before they even get an opportunity to get the aroma of being in the NBA Finals again, that is going to be something that they want as of now, especially if the Clippers are continuing to nip at their heels as far as being right there, the team, the little brother, that's being right there on the verge of, of making some history of their own. So if you're Laker Nation and you're the Laker fans, you want to be able to cash in, especially while you still have LeBron James, who's still serviceable and still being able, willing to play, arguably a top five player, top ten player in the league. You still want to be able to utilize him and be able to say, okay, this is a guy that brought us not only one but two championships. Uh, at the time of, the, of of him being in a, in Los Angeles, but if you continue to wait and and and, and you know fool around and, and just say okay, well we're going to hold on to Russ, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and hope the guy that Kyrie Irving still 
you know, is the player that he is and hope that he wants to come to L.A. still, then you're just gambling the, 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 the future of the franchise, and it makes absolutely no sense to hold on to those picks. Nick, your thoughts? Big Saturday here. We have uh, Los Angeles Football Club playing for their first championship. Later that night at the Coliseum, you got USC playing Cal. It has uh, caused a, a bit of a traffic parking mess. Uh, the, the football club effectively telling their fans, you got to find your own way to come to the game. Uh, take Metro. The cr- craziest one, Nick, is like park at Dodger Stadium and take a shuttle to the bank, which is crazy to me. Uh, Listen, uh, okay, let's first talk about the parking mess because I feel so bad. Again, this is a TV deal. Why is it a TV deal? The um, MLS Cup will be on Fox. They can't move it to Sunday because of all the, the pro football. Uh, right. But it's it's just such a mess, Nick. I mean, like, like, like you could have had that game at, at SoFi. There's no game at SoFi on Sunday. I don't know. I mean, again, they, they, they can't plan for this, but um, your thoughts on that, I guess. Well, you know what? Like they say, go Metro. You got to take that Expo line, take that K line, <laughs> come from the airport. I don't know what you have to do. Maybe take the blue line coming on in. I don't know. But, you know, mass transit definitely sounds like a, a viable option, especially. And, and it's great because there is a station literally like maybe a block away from, from you know, Bank of California. So it's not like it's a far walk um, from the station. But, yeah, it's going to be a traffic nightmare. If you're going to the USC game against Cal, and that's obviously homecoming, um, it's going to be a traffic nightmare. Um, but I think, you know, first of all, congratulations to LAFC. Yep. Uh, they've done a remarkable job just not only on, on, the, on, the, on the field, but what they've done as an organization, what they've done in the communities across Los Angeles. Um, my hat's off to them, even though I will probably not be there because I was rejected by the MLS from covering it. So, Wait, you know, hold up. I, I, I know you don't normally like to get, but that's, I mean, you are, uh, you know, part of the fabric of Los Angeles here. I mean, are, are hey, they man, not? They're they not recognizing your man, man. I don't oh, know what boy. it is, man, but, you know, no love, no love to, I, I got love for LAFC and that, and that great group of PR yeah. LAFC, but this is, this is not them. This is the actual MLS, and they're they're acting like, you know, acting like a Acting like a bunch of jerks right now, but it's all good. I'm still gonna pull for LAFC. You can't stop my you can't stop my support of LAFC, there we whether go. I'm there or not. Uh, and I hope they bring home the cup. But mind you, I've been I've been in numerous MLS MLS yeah. cups when I was covering the Galaxy with Robbie Keane and and and, and and David Beckham and you know those guys. So I got to witness the international superstar. So MLS still can't stop me. You dig? Anyway, <laughs> as I was saying, um, but no, I think I think LAFC has a great opportunity. I mean, this is a team of destiny. They they've been playing pretty well all year long. They've earned this right to host the MLS Cup in LA at their home field, um, and I think it's going to be a wonderful a wonderful match. I think it's going to be a, a, a historic match. And I, I think the fans are in for a great treat, and I think LAFC wins over Philadelphia. Uh, as far as USC is concerned, they should be able to take care of Cal. I know it's homecoming, but they should be able to take care of Cal. But the only thing that continues to concern me, uh, Rosh, and you know this as well as I do, is that run defense yep. that has been absolutely suspect and piss poor, to say the least, the entire season. The run, the the run, the the pass defense has been okay, but the run defense has been really, really suspect, and is really going to be in question, especially as it inch closer to playing UCLA at the Rose Bowl. Um, pretty much for all the marbles yeah. uh, for the Pac-12 championship. Nick, I wanted to uh, continue on with 
the other uh, football program that's in Los Angeles. The Rams, man, they just, those play calls, they just look bad. Just, just everything is just kind of falling apart. The wheels are falling apart defensively and offensively. Like, are we even, are they even relevant now? Or like, are you, <laughs> I, I'm just a Super Bowl champion. Yeah, but they're, still, <laughs> but they're third in the NFC Die. West, yeah. man. I, I mean, I know they're not the New York football giants <laughs> and everything, yeah. but geez, I mean, cut them some slack. Like the Rock said, they are the Super Bowl <laughs> champions. Let's put some respect on their name. Hey, what have you done but for I, me I, lately, I, my guy? What have you done for me lately? Because wow, you ain't winning. Right, well, you ain't winning, you losing. So what What are your wow. thoughts on, on the Rams? All right, well, sports version of Suge Knight. Um, <laughs> I would say this much. Listen, the Rams have had a lot of a lot of difficulty this season. I, I, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, I think they're used to being the hunter and not the hunted. I think this bullseye may have been too big on their backs as far as being able to defend their their championship. Um, obviously, they've been, they've been decimated with some injuries, especially on the O-line. Um, Matthew Stafford, I don't believe, is 100% healthy. Um you know, obviously the issues with Cam Akers and, and that running game and trying to figure out the running game, whether it be, you know, Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. Um, will Cam Akers actually re- be able to return to the Rams at some point? I know when we spoke with Sean McVay yesterday, McVay said basically, you know, they have some conversations. They're working on some things. Um, he wouldn't 100% rule it out that he would return. Uh, but until that time, they're going to have to figure out the running game. They could make significant trades they were looking to make over the, the, the NFL trade deadline, which I think was also hurtful as well. And then also, too, we're, we're looking at the health of Cooper Cup, um, you know, and, and that ankle um, that he, he, he said he had basically rolled it uh, on Sunday. And so now they got to go to and play in the divorce bowl against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And that's not going to be easy. That's not going to be an easy, easy road. That's definitely, definitely not going to be an easy road. And even though the Rams have dominated the, the Bucks in, in, in games prior with Tom Brady at the helm, I think this may be a significantly different game because they don't have all the pieces that they've had previously on on offense or defense, for that matter. And they've definitely got to get Van Johnson, Van Jefferson rather more involved in the offense. He's there to stretch the field. He's there to be a big-time target along with Allen Robinson. They, Matthew Stafford has definitely got to get him more involved in the game, especially if Cooper Cup's not going to be 100% healthy. Um, if he's able to go on Sunday, so that's got that's that they, they have to look at that matchup as well because I think getting Van Jefferson more involved instead of him doing wind sprints on the field while he's out there doing the game is definitely going to be significant in the favor of the LA Rams. Yeah, following up with that Cooper Cup entry, they, he did not play on Wednesday, um, according to CBS Sports. So I'm just wondering, no Cooper Cup, no other options? Because, I mean, let's get real. Stafford keeps throwing it just to him. So and that run game isn't as what it should be. So are, do you think that, like, it's, it's over after this? I, that That's kind of the mentality well, that I'm going with. They, this, this is definitely a must-win for the Rams, obviously, because they are on the road. They're playing a Buccaneers team again. Um but at the same time, if they don't have Cooper Cup, or if he's not available, or if he's or if he's limited, they're gonna have, Matthew Stafford's gonna have to find a way to spread the ball out. Like I said, Van Jefferson, Ben Skoranek, um, Allen Robinson, these are guys. That even Daryl Henderson catching out of the backfield, and Malcolm Brown's definitely gonna have to step up his game uh, this this week as well. They're gonna have to really work as a collective to be able to move the ball, keep keep the keep the chains moving, and keep drives going. Not get a bunch of three and outs. They're going to have to find their rhythm much earlier than they found it 
against San Francisco last week, even though they, they played a, a pretty much a brilliant uh, first first half. And they're going to have to be able to, even if they come out on top of the first half against the Buccaneers, they're going to have to find a way to make adjustments and to be able to continue to maintain that they do have a lead going into halftime to come out of that lead at, at halftime and be able to win the ball game. They can't sit up there and get caught with their pants down um, in the second half and, and just completely – uh, disintegrate as they, as we saw against the San Francisco 49ers last week. That was absolutely atrocious. Um, there's no excuse for them to lose that game when they had the, the game in hand without uh, Devo Samuel, who was standing on the sidelines on clipboard duty. So when you have somebody like that who's been a threat to you and a thorn in your side every time you, you play them and they, you don't have them in, in tow, you can't let one individual basically beat you. You cannot let Tom Brady beat you and, and allow him to get open and spread the ball around. That's going to that's gonna make a, for a very long afternoon and a losing afternoon at that. Nick, speaking of the Rams and the NFC West, Seahawks 5-3, and three, Niners 4-4, four and four, Rams 3-4, and four, Cardinals 3-5. and five. How do you think that this finishes out? As I said before, and I had to, to give Brandon his props, I think I'm going to have to go with the Niners to win the NFC West, especially with that three-headed monster and and uh, Garoppolo and, and CMC and Debo Samuel, who's going to be coming back. Um, and then George, excuse me, forehead in Monster. I forgot. I can't forget George Kittle. Uh, that's going to be very tough, man, especially as the Niners continue to get healthier um, and, and be able to, to, you know, sustain their wins. If the Niners figure it out and they stay healthy, they're going to be a very formidable team going into the playoff picture in the NFC. And real quick, uh, Nick, the Chargers go to Atlanta, Keenan Allen's out, Mike Williams out. I mean, this team is just, uh, you know, they begin the season on paper looking really good. There's there's no, I don't know who's left. Real quick, last 90 seconds with you, your thoughts on the Chargers going to Atlanta this weekend. Boy, Brandon Studley's coaching for his job, ain't he? Yep. So is Tommy T. Tommy T's coach is, uh, is hoping that that key card works out. <laughs> good Lord, if they don't make the playoffs, I'll get one and done. Let me tell you something. Uh, what's the New Orleans coach name? His former, the former New Orleans Saints coach, <laughs> Sean Payton. By the way, Sean Payton was like on some kind of podcast or TV show, basically critiquing the Chargers, effectively saying, "Hey, I could do a lot better than this guy." Sean Payton. <laughs> Sean Payton's a coming. You're yeah. coaching to make sure Sean Payton stays on the sidelines and the stands and not not taking your headset. That's all this is about. Because I don't think they're going to beat. I don't think they're going to beat the Falcons. Not without without their main weapons. I don't think they yeah. beat the Falcons. This year, I, I mean, uh, on Sunday. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. They, they, they've lost so much on offense, which they pretty much thrive on, and as, as Justin Herbert continues to get healthier. Um, Sean Payton's a coming. <laughs> By the way, is a coming. Nick, I, I really think, <laughs> I mean, Sean Payton, and listen, they have to stay healthy. At the end of the day, a coach can only, you know, win games if he has talent. Sean Payton, with this team, if they stay healthy and the progress that he could help with Justin Herbert, I really think Sean Payton could have the uh, Chargers in the Super Bowl by next season. But we'll see how that all plays out. Nick, you're the best. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got some. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.